Welcome to Dear Wallflower, your podcast advice column for the woman who desires to deepen and beautify her inner world. Every week, we'll answer a letter from listeners just like you, who are looking for insight and wisdom on the most pressing questions in their story right now. Make sure to stay with us until the end to hear our weekly recommendations on books, movies, music, lifestyle, beauty, and more. We're so glad you're here. Grab a cup of tea and come on in. Welcome, dear listeners, to this episode of Dear Wallflower, a podcast for the woman with a deep inner world. I'm your host, Kelia Clarkson. I'm an actress, writer, filmmaker, and the editor-in-chief of Wallflower Journal. And with me today is my lovely co-host, Jessica Schroeder. I'm a writer and PhD candidate, a food blogger, tea drinker, and adjunct theology professor. We want to thank each and every person who's tuned in today. We're really glad to have you around with us. And we will be getting to this week's letter in just a few moments. But first, let's get into our pre-letter segment of the show called Roses and Thorns, where we recount our highs and lows of the week, starting with our thorn, something that left us feeling dry or depleted or frustrated this week, and finishing off with our rose, something that fostered our inner world or brought us joy or built us up. So Jessica, what was this week's thorn and this week's rose? I would say that my thorn this week is um, a sore throat that's kind of come and gone. Mm. So I don't really feel sick in general. And I don't know that there's anything that I would be particularly allergic to right now. But it's just one of those things that as it's present, it just kind of it's like a headache, you know, it's like that kind of nags at you throughout the day. And like, I just don't feel quite, quite mm. fully myself. <laughs> so that's a little odd, but um, not too bad. Not too bad for sure. Um, my rose then would be, we have got to host um, a number of people this week and we're even hosting it, like a couple over for lunch tomorrow as well. But it's just been lovely to open up our home and practice hospitality be friends with people, you know, foster good conversation. It's definitely, it's something that we have always valued. And, you know, before we, we got um, our condo a couple of years ago, as we were in our, my in-laws basement, I was, we're just praying like, God, we really just want our own space to be able Mm. to host people. Like that's just such a value of ours. So it's Mm. been really life-giving. And I think it's been really life-giving to those that we've been able to to have over as well, which is just such a a joy to have that mutual giving, right? Yes, absolutely. I can attest to that fact that it is um, an absolute joy, but also it, it's been a joy as someone who has been over to your house. It's been a joy to um, be the recipient of of that, that you know, space that, that you've created. And it's, it's true. Having your own space um, to entertain is really such a, it's so vital. Mm-hmm. And it, I could say you've done the same for us too. So thank you for that. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. <laughs> How, what's, what's your thorn in your rose? So I actually had a difficult time coming up with a thorn this week. So mm-hmm. I feel like I don't have anything super negative to report, which is nice. Um, but as for my rose, so this past week, as of the time that we were recording this, this past weekend, um, we celebrated my birthday, which was really fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we had just a really fun day out. And, um, and so we, we went to this donut shop in the, in the morning 
And we were like, okay, let's each get, you know, a little donut, but also we need something kind of salty. We don't want to get like overloaded on, um, on sugar. And so we got this sandwich. It, I mean, it sounds so simple. It was like on a croissant and it was just like some sliced turkey, some mayo, some, uh, tomato, lettuce, just very, very basic. But weirdly enough, it was the best sandwich I think I've ever had. And we were both going like, oh my goodness, I can't stop eating this sandwich. So it was just such a a lovely rose, um, an unexpected rose, right? Something, something simple done well, right? Yes, exactly. It was so simple and it was so done well. And I thought the star was going to be the donut and it ended <laughs> up being both. <laughs> Never know. Surprise. Yeah. All right. So just a couple of things before we move on to our letter for this week. If you have been enjoying this podcast, please consider leaving us a review. It really helps to boost the podcast, get it in front of other people who might enjoy it and get something from it. Maybe identify with the letter that week and make sure to share with a friend. And lastly, we would love to encourage you to send in your own letter to dearwallflower at wallflowerjournal.com. We would love the opportunity to speak into the issues that you are facing today. All right, so let's move on to our letter for today, which covers the subject of knowing when it's time to break up, even if you are dating a good man. Dear Wallflower, last week I ended my relationship and it's been the most tear-filled week I've had in years. The guy I was with was incredibly kind, shared my faith, challenged me intellectually, engaged with my loved ones, and loved me well. He made me feel loved, protected, accepted, and beautiful. And yet there were several ways in which we didn't align in terms of worldview and how that shapes the way we live. We are very different personalities and from two very different countries slash cultures. So there was a lot of questioning as to what extent we are able to work through our differences versus finding someone more naturally aligned and easy to understand. In the end, there were some things that were deal breakers for me that were not for him, so we agreed to break it off. We loved each other deeply, and he always believed that where there's love, there's respect, and anything can be worked out. But that never resolved my questions on our differences. What are your thoughts on this perspective? To what extent do you think differences can be worked out? And when is it worthwhile to break something off? As my friends say, it was so hard to arrive at this decision because this guy was incredibly non-toxic. Is there something to be said for when a guy is good, but not quote unquote, right? What would a healthy approach for navigating differences look like in any future relationships? Sincerely, queen of questioning. So Jessica, what are your thoughts for queen of questioning? I feel like this is probably one of the most complex letters that we've had to date. Mm. Um, and add to that the fact that we have very few particulars. Um, we'll certainly do the best that we can for our friend here to guide her in wrestling with these questions. And also, first off, I want to say to her, I, you know, I can only imagine how painful and confusing this time must be. Mm-hmm. Um I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for the pain that you're feeling. And um, it, it makes sense. You know, it's it's a complex situation that she's facing. There's a lot of, of um, heartache going on. Yeah. I think it certainly is possible to love someone dearly 
and not feel they are the right person to form a covenant bond with. While we cannot say for sure whether she was right to break off this relationship, we can certainly weigh in on the bigger questions that are at play. And uh, there are a couple things that she notes in her letter that were at issue. So just kind of to recap those, I'm going to name them off here. Um, She says that there were several ways in which they didn't align in terms of worldview and how that shapes the way that they lived, Mm -hmm. Um, that they have very different personalities. Again, that's kind of broad. I don't know exactly what that means, but that's at least significant enough for her to name. They're from two very different countries or cultures that can be very significant. And then some things that were deal breakers for her, but weren't for him. Mm -hmm. And so to not be on the same page about some, at least seemingly pretty major things, at least, at least on her, her side. So these are hefty enough, at least to call for pause and an intentional thought and, um, conversation, you know, conversation with the person. So it sounds like her and her former boyfriend had probably talked through these things before and thus her getting to the point of realizing, these are really big deal for me. They're not really as big of a deal for him, or at least they're not deal breakers for him. So certainly there's been a lot of intentional thought, a lot of conversation. And I I can just, I feel like I can validate that by going through that list of things at issue. Those are valid things to raise Mm -hmm. some concern and um, take time for, for digging into those things. And some things to keep in mind then when, when looking at those kind of diagnosing, like how big, are these differences? And by that, I mean, like, how weighty are they? How significant in terms of how they affect day-to-day life, the relationship, etc. And our writer also shares that this guy always believed that where there's love and respect, anything can be worked out, mm-hmm. but that that never resolved her questions on their differences. So I think, again, it's still, it's helpful to see where she finds herself in the midst of this relationship. And what we don't know is what are those differences? You know, I wonder what sort of conflict they caused and Mm -hmm. how the differences affected them as individuals, as as a couple when they were together. Um, Maybe they affected her more deeply or more readily than they affected the sky. And while we all have ways that can that we can and may need to be challenged to grow in relationship, um, there may still be differences, even if non-toxic, that can signal the lack of a good fit. Mm-hmm. I think this is this is one key thing I think I really want to drive home in, in our advice is the idea of fit. Because she asks, you know, can someone be good without being quote right? And I think, yes, I think I think it comes down to fit. Mm-hmm. Now, some questions that remain open for our writer is she's asking, you know, to what extent are we able to work through our differences? Um, And when is it better to potentially find someone more naturally aligned with and easy to understand? And I feel like those are, (laughs) those are the million dollar questions, right? (laughs) We, we can't exactly say when, you know, it's like that moving line that's going to depend in terms of Who's the unique individual that you are with? Who are you as a person? So hopefully um, I want to look at each of her her final questions to us and uh, address each of those and hopefully bring a little bit more clarity in terms of, um, yeah, how, how she can think through both the situation that she's facing right now and then, like she's saying, potentially future relationships as well. Yeah. 
So her first direct question to us is, what are your thoughts on his perspective? And that perspective being, in, in her words, where there's love and respect, anything can be worked out. Mm-hmm. This is something that sounds really nice. And I honestly, I want to believe it. It's certainly very optimistic, but I also want to be realistic, right? We all have limits. Some of us may not be aware of how strong we really are and how much we actually can face when we're pressed, but we also ought to be wise, I think, and intentional about the difficulties that we intentionally choose willingly for ourselves to face. Um, Some challenges are worth facing because the prize, quote unquote, so to speak, is that much greater, Mm -hmm. but other challenges could wear away at us over the years, kind of eroding. It's a little bit like, I am thinking about this because my husband and I are going to the gym more regularly now. And so I'm looking at like, you know, every week I'm going like, okay, what can I take? Like, what, what am I able to, um, Mm. to lift this week or whatever? Yeah. And so it's a little bit like, you know, say that someone can lift 60 pounds and that's really pushing it for them. And if you put on five pounds more, five pounds is not a lot, but that might end up really actually injuring them. And so it's like, how much can you actually take versus this is just a little too much. And I think it is, as Jessica was saying, I think it's a great thing to try to push yourself and try to challenge yourself. Absolutely. Um, But yeah, you have to have this sense of like, this is going to end up being too much for me. Mm -hmm. And, and like you you together as a couple too, I feel like, you know, one person may, may legitimately be able to take take on the challenge, but the other person may not be able to, or the other person might just be, yeah. um, a little, a little overly optimistic about what they can handle. So I, I don't know that for sure, but I, I think what, what you don't want is to be in a situation where your marriage one day would be slowly eroding over time because you've right. taken on too much. And, you know, of course all relationships take, take work. None are going to be easy, but we do need to be able to discern which challenges um, and which relationships at, at what levels are, are worth what amount of work, you know, like the idea of friendship versus having a marriage partner and, and the, yeah. the everyday altogetherness, you know, of marriage versus, oh, I spend time with this friend, you know, yeah, once a week or once a month. And it's just, it's a different, very different situation. Yeah. Um, to move on to her next question, um, she asks, to what extent do you think differences can be worked out and when is it worthwhile to break something off? Um, it really depends, of course, <laughs> but I think right. it depend, depends on two main things. I would say, um, first, what those differences are and second, your temperaments individually mm-hmm. and how they interact with one another. So for some people, I think the differences that you face um, with this guy might be more easily surmountable for, for certain people, depending on like how they handle and face those differences. Yeah. Um, and for others that might not be the case. Some people may have a lot of a harder time surmounting those kinds of differences, whatever those differences are. Um, and at this point, like you said, this guy seems to be willing to work at those differences, but you are not, it doesn't mean that you wouldn't be willing to, cause it sounds like you have been up to this point, but realizing they are at that point where it's becoming too much. Yeah. Um, And I would also recommend that for anyone in this sort of situation, if they are wondering if something's willing or something's worth 
working through, and if they can work through it, mm-hmm. try, try to get advice from people who have walked a similar road before. So you're saying you from different countries, like if, if you're still doubting whether or not you've made the same, the right decision, or any of our listeners maybe find themselves in a similar situation where maybe, you know, as this example, you're from different cultures or different countries, mm-hmm. see if you can find a married couple who seems to be in a healthy place and are from different countries, different cultures and, and sit down with them and ask, okay, how, what, what stages, like talk us through your relationship. What did that look like? Where, where did you really have struggles and how did you overcome that? And, um, it might help you see, oh, this is possible. Or maybe, wow, we're, we're, we're just not like this couple. This isn't right for us. So it, Mm -hmm. it really, I think depends on, on, on the couple. That's so true. I think it's very case by case because yeah, of course, marrying across cultures that presents a really, really unique um, set of challenges or circumstances, but it really is case by case, couple by couple. It really depends on a lot of other variables. Yeah. And I'd say um, if you're choosing to (laughs) sit down with a couple to, to chat, like find people who, who aren't going to sugarcoat the hard parts, you know, people mm-hmm. who are going to be honest with you. Cause you don't want to end up in a situation where you want out. That's, that's not good. Yeah. yeah. Um, her third question is, is there something to be said for when a guy is good, but not right? Mm. And I've, I've alluded to this already. Definitely. Um, I think it's really important how we name this circumstance, like what words we use for it. I think a guy can be good, even great. But the question is, is he fitting? Is he appropriate right. for you? Yeah. And and are you appropriate and fitting for him? Right. Um, it's a little bit like different body types will mm-hmm. um, look good in different like cuts of gene or something like that. Sure. I don't look good in, um, you know, boot cut or something, you know, because of my body type, but my body type looks good in this fit of jean. And so it's not that the boot cut jeans are bad jeans. They're great for some people. Mm-hmm. So I think it's, of course, a man can be good and not mm-hmm. a right fit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I think um, a personal example for me is that I had a good college friend that I had a major crush on. and. <laughs> um, we're still friends. He is a great guy, but looking back, it's a great thing that he didn't pursue a relationship with me when I showed interest. Um, we would not have been well-matched. Like I can look back and just honestly mm-hmm. say that I'm glad that we didn't end up together. You know, Daniel and I are far better suited for one another than this friend and I would have been. So, mm-hmm. um, it's definitely possible to be in a relationship with a great guy and to realize, you know, maybe just not, not marriage, you know, friendship. Is maybe yeah. where where it should be. Um, lastly, she asks, "What would a healthy approach for navigating differences look like in any future relationships?" This yeah. is another terrific question, mm-hmm. and I don't think I can give a, a super clear cut uh, and cut and dried answer to fit all circumstances. But I will say, try to discern between surmountable challenges and insurmountable barriers. So these may be very tricky to differentiate and recognize that. Um, but the key distinction is figuring out which you as a couple can overcome together and, and, and that realistically versus which you feel will be nearly impossible to overcome. And mm-hmm. as a result might end up driving you further apart. So something to keep in mind is that 
sometimes facing challenges together can bring you closer and that can be a beautiful thing. Yeah. Right. Um, you can grow together. You can get stronger together. It's kind of like the iron sharpening iron. It's like one person mm-hmm. by being different from the other is calling out better things in the other person. But sometimes there are things where it's like, I'm just feeling, I'm, I'm trying to shove this square peg into a round hole and it's just not working, not working. Um, maybe there's something to be said for, well, maybe I need to change and I need to become more rounded off. Mm-hmm. Right. Some people really just need to, to change more because they're just the type of person that can't get along with people in general, but that doesn't sound like what we're talking about here. Right. Yeah. It sounds more like this is the kind of thing where you need to decide or discern what kinds of challenges could threaten to eat away at yeah. your bond of relationship and drive you further apart. That is what you don't want. Mm-hmm. So again, you're always going to face, you know, differences when in relationship with someone that's just a given. Um, but having open, honest communication with one another about what those things are and how to face them together, I think is key. Mm. What are your thoughts, Kelia? Well, first, I also just want to say that I'm so sorry to our writer. I think that breakups are just devastating no matter what. Um, even if you're the one initiating it, even if you have been thinking about it for a long time, it, it's devastating no matter what. And it does sound like he was a good man in many respects. So it's understandable why um, why she would feel kind of really caught up in these questions and, and pondering these, these ideas. Um, because I think breakups are easier in, in a lot of ways, you know, to stick to when it's so obvious that he wasn't a good guy or it's so obvious that it wasn't going to work out. Um, and so the really interesting question, and, um, it seems like there was, there was a lot of that, that was right about this guy. And so it's a really interesting question that she's asking all of them that she asked, um, is there something to be said for, you know, a guy that is good, but not right? How do I tell when, when enough is not right? Um, yeah. So I, I think, you know, it sounds like she listed off a few things that were issues for her. It sounds like their, their cultures maybe had a hard time coming together. Maybe they clashed a little bit. It sounds like there was enough that they didn't align on when it, um, when it came to her deal breakers, and we don't have the information on what those deal breakers are, but for her, they were weighty enough that it warranted looking at this relationship and taking a step back from a, a good man, as she as she calls him. So first, I just I want to get into her her questions here. Um, first, I do believe that a man can be very good and not right for you. Um, we covered this already with Jessica saying it's not the right fit. Um, you know, sometimes a breakup is because someone is unhealthy and and toxic and it's very obvious that it needs to end. And sometimes a breakup happens because a relationship just simply isn't right. And even if this person is really sweet and good and kind, and you are really sweet and good and kind, it just doesn't make sense. And I'll get into why, you know, a few reasons for why a relationship like that might not make sense. Um, but choosing someone to 
partner your your life with requires yeah a, a first a few things so basic respect kindness decency it sounds like he had all of those things but then there's a step beyond that that you need to have in order for someone to be to go from like a good friend a good person to a life partner for you um I agree to an extent with her ex's perspective that, you know, where there is love, there is a way. Um, I think um, it sounds like our writer is someone of faith, perhaps a Christian. Um, You know, we're taught that love covers a multitude of sin, right? And love is absolutely essential. It's an essential ingredient in every single relationship. And it's true, I think, that love can conquer But the question becomes, what should love conquer? What should we not expect love to conquer? Um, So to get into our writer's questions about, you know, when can things be worked out or when is it worth breaking up? So um, love requires selflessness. It requires sacrifice. It requires a kind of radical acceptance, a healthy radical acceptance. Um, It requires a willingness to grow from both people. And for these reasons, I think love can conquer something like an illness, you know, if it's um, physical Mm -hmm. or mental. Um, Obviously, this is speaking very generally. I think certain, you know, circumstances might might merit a different answer. But um, I think love can overcome class differences. I think a good amount of cultural differences, personality differences. Um, You know, a lot of the married couples that I know who've been together for forever have (laughs) the most different personalities Mm -hmm. you can imagine. Um, And so these things, you know, yeah, they can make it difficult to connect perfectly um, or to always be thriving. Mm. But um, I don't think things like coming from a different class or someone having um, an illness should necessarily have the last say Mm -hmm. if we truly love someone. Um, You know, if we are loving someone in the, in the way that I think we are meant to um, when it comes to marriage, which is selflessly um, serving the other person, figuring out what, what I can do for them, um, being committed to growing. but what I don't think love should necessarily be expected to overcome is a misalignment of deeply held values and beliefs mm-hmm. and different trajectories of life. So love doesn't mean having non-negotiables. Um, and it sounds like our writer has those, which I, I think is a good thing. Um she doesn't mention what they were, but they were serious enough for her to break up with him. So our writer said that they had their faith in common, um, that he was loving to her, that he was good with her loved ones. So I wonder what her deal breakers had to do with. I wonder if they had yeah. to do with maybe having different desires out of life, mm-hmm. holding different values that didn't have to do with their faith necessarily. Um our values and our beliefs, though, the reason that I, I don't think love should be expected to conquer them 
um, is because they go to the core of who we are. They influence what we believe to be true about the world. They in, how we um, interact with the world, where we see our life going. They influence how we raise our future children. They influence what we desire from and need from a life partner. They influence the standards that we hold ourselves to. And the trajectory of our life refers to, you know, the direction that we're heading and the kind of story that we want to tell with our life, um, the kind of life that we want to lead. And, you know, it's what do you want to look back on in 70 years and say, I'm glad I did that. Um, you know, my husband and I could not have more uh, different personality types. <laughs> um, but what we have in common is that we, we align on values and beliefs and we have a similar trajectory of life and we're running in the same direction. And so then we decided to run in that direction together. So I think that when our deeply held values um, and our beliefs and our life trajectories just don't align, even feeling genuine love for someone is going to make it really difficult for that relationship to thrive and, um, and be what I think a, a long-term relationship or a marriage was designed to be. Um, and I think this is either, you know, going to cause one person to have to kind of give up on their beliefs or their values, which I think could really lead to resentment down the road. Um, or it will make for conflicting beliefs and values that are constantly coming up against each other and create a relationship where two people just don't respect pretty core things about the other one. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's one thing to say, like, you know, you love the other person and respect the other person, but when you bring up a particular difference about a core value or perspective toward the world, you mm -hmm. know, you, you can only give that up to stomach to so, so far, or like, how do you even give something up partially? I don't even know. That didn't really make that much sense. But the, the point yeah. being like, there is of course a call for mutual submission. And there are times when we do need to give something up in love for the other. And there may be a time when we're challenged to do that unforeseen, you know, in the future, like something happens to one of the spouses and the other has to, to care for them and nurse them in a way mm -hmm. that would not have been expected because they didn't have that, you know, medical issue ahead of time yeah. or something like that. But if, if it's like, a, like you're saying a way of viewing the world and it's going to shape just how this person even lives as themselves, it's like, are you, are you needing to shut off a part of who you are in order to be in healthy relationship? Right. Because that's not healthfully being you. Right. right. And so, um, yeah, that's a really, that's a good diagnostic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it's, you know, obviously the merit, the, the vows that you say when you get married and some, you know, in sickness and in health for, uh, for richer, for poor, all of those things, because that, that kind of thing can change immediately, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but it's, who are you every single day of your life? What is the direction that your life is going in and your values and your beliefs will change that direction? Um, so getting to the last question, how can she healthily approach differences that might pop up in the future, in, in a future relationship that she has? Um, 
I don't want to stress our writer out at all when I say this, but I do want to um, drive this point home. There will be no single person that is right in every single sense. Mm -hmm. There is no such thing as a soulmate. There is no perfect pairing. Any person that you are in a relationship with, there will be difficulties. There will be differences. You will find yourself choosing to love this person over Mm -hmm. and over again every single day. And we have to weigh whether these differences will break the relationship or end up strengthening our love as we continue to choose love every single day. Mm -hmm. So our writer might end up finding someone that she's more naturally aligned with and maybe even easier for her to understand that that was an interesting thing that she said that, um, you know, should I look for someone that's easier to understand? I want to caution her against thinking that she'll ever find someone who's always (laughs) easy to understand. (laughs) That's a great point. Um, with any person you choose to be with, there will be a learning curve. There will be things about them that takes getting used to before you begin to understand it, there will always be something that trips you up. Mm-hmm. We are fallen beings and no person is easy to be with. So I would just advise her to keep this in mind when other issues will inevitably pop up in her future relationships. Um, there will absolutely be challenges to overcome issues that arise but it's about choosing which battles are worth fighting in order to keep this love, Mm -hmm. Um, that you share with this person and which battles are going to end up costing you an important part of yourself that you don't want to lose. Um, But ultimately, I want to offer her prayers as Mm -hmm. she navigates this season of life. Mm -hmm. I hope we were able to offer some new thoughts for her to ponder. And I wish her the best as she moves forward into this um, uncertain but exciting time. All right. So it's time for the May We Suggest segment of the podcast, where we suggest to you the things that we have been reading, watching, eating, or wearing this week that made us really happy to be alive. Everything we suggest will be linked in the description of this episode for you to check out. So Jessica, what is your suggestion this week? I am suggesting another podcast this week. It's called On Getting Out of Bed. Mm. And um, it's it's been a really interesting listen. Um, it's produced by InterVarsity Press. It's, you've probably heard of um, mm-hmm. them as a publisher, book publisher. Many people would know. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a special release podcast. They only did four episodes and it's produced as a public service focusing on mental health. Mm-hmm. So the idea of getting on getting out of bed, like when, you know, dot, 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 when you feel, you know, mired in shame when you are waiting for things in your life to change like fill in the blank they have a couple different Hmm. unique titles but they interview people like um dr kurt thompson known for his book anatomy of the soul um tish harrison warren who wrote liturgy of the ordinary and a couple others and i just found it so helpful it's really relatable um Hmm. even like encouraging, even cathartic, I think to, to hear from people who've really been through a lot and how they found God and his faithfulness in the midst of their 
their struggles with maybe it was depression or mm-hmm. um, in general, just lack of lack of an urge and desire to, to get out of bed in the morning. And, and mm-hmm. even if like for myself, I feel like I can generally get out of bed. All right. But if I find myself like midday feeling like, ah, what is, what am I even doing? What is my purpose? Like if, if anybody listening has struggled with any kind of depression or anxiety or mm. whatever, I, I highly recommend it. It's been really rich. Wow. It sounds like it's perfect for those um, days when you get out of bed and you think the first thing you think is, I can't wait to go to bed tonight. <laughs> Can the day just be over? Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, this week I am suggesting a song from the movie musical, Dear Evan Hansen. I think I have suggested maybe this musical before, maybe a song from it. Um, But this song is called A Little Closer and it's performed by Colton Ryan. And so first off, it's just a really gorgeous melody that is easy to just like find yourself humming throughout the day. It's very, very catchy. But also its lyrics um, paint a really beautiful image of reaching from our very, very darkest point, reaching to the divine and reaching to the light. Mm -hmm. Um, And as a result, feeling God just a little bit closer to you. And so it's just all around a really, um, it's a lovely song that I feel like is such a, when when you want to just feel better. Mm -hmm. Um, not necessarily, you know, get excited or you just feel good. Mm. This is a, this is a great one to go to. Mm. Sounds like we could pair ours together, right? Yeah. Listen, listen to the podcast <laughs> episode and end it off with the song and you're, <sighs> and you're ready feel, to go. Yeah. Feel more settled about the day. <laughs> okay. Exactly. So try that. Someone try that. I'll try it. <laughs> All right. To wrap up this episode, Jessica, how can listeners find and connect with you? Listeners can find me on my food and lifestyle blog, thisrealjourney.com, on Instagram at Jessica J. Schroeder, and my substack at jessicajschroeder.substack.com. And if you want to get in contact with me, you can search my name on any of the socials and reach out. And of course, check out Wallflower Journal, where we have new articles coming out every single week about relationships, beauty, recipes, personal stories, and so much more. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you so much for listening to Dear Wallflower today. If you have a question you'd like answered, you can send your letter to dearwallflower at wallflowerjournal.com. Every letter we read will be kept totally anonymous. We hope you have a wonderful rest of your week.